0: Good morning,
1: this is Ursula Odom, your host for Nabwick Talks, and along with my co-host, Jada Williams. And I am also the CEO of Sula 2, we make old, new in everything we do, And that we capture and preserve legacy information in any form possible. And that's why this morning is so special. We get to capture the story from the person herself and share it with you and we want you to join in and be a part of the story because you can join in the conversation at any point that you want and ask the question. So it is an exciting day, any day, that we can bring NABWIC, NABWIC information to you and be a benefit to you as a listener. And also as a member of NABWIC, this is a benefit for you. You can come on and tell your story about your company, your, your journey, and uh, we all benefit from it. With that being said, good morning, Jada.
2: Good morning, Ursula. Okay,
1: so now it's a good morning when I can allow you to speak. <laughs>
3: good morning, Jada. Right? Good morning, Ursula. Good morning, everyone. Good morning to our audience this morning. Yes, I am Jada. Williams, your National Navwick Blog Talk Chair. Um, I ask that you like, follow, and share with us on all your social media platforms. And, of course, always head over to our website, um, to see what we have coming up next and just get acquainted with us because we are truly the voice of Black women in construction. Um, so let's get into it. This Nabwick Talk Wednesday today is a special guest. It's a Alabama A&M Bulldog. Today we have Miss Nina Cook. She is the Supply Chain Site Director at PepsiCo Frito Lay North America. She has proven leadership. Skills with board functional experience and a track record of creative problem solving while motivating teams to achieve unprecedented results. Nina has 15 years' experience leading in diverse roles and in increasing responsibility within the supply chain and market operations and change management projects currently leads a PepsiCo Frito-Lay plant of over 500 people to make and move products safely, efficiently, of the highest quality, and delivering top-tier service to their sales partners. She has delivered against service, financial performance, and built manager capability. She has supported and led teams in delivering volume growth and better-than-planned performance results while successfully executed major business changes, inline startups, automation, and conversions. In addition, she also is involved with several businesses and networking organizations, supporting the organization diversity and inclusion agenda as part of the network of executive women leadership and National Women of Color Leadership Team. She is a proud member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority, Inc. Nina was also the recipient of a National Inclusion Award with PepsiCo. Nina holds a BS in electrical engineering from Alabama A&M University and an MBA from the University of North Alabama. Nina has been married to her husband, Cedric Cook. For over 10 years. They have a beautiful son, Cedric Jr., and a daughter, Chloe. And of course, we cannot forget their family dog, Cody. So, good morning, Nina. Welcome to the show.
4: Good morning. I don't know, Jada, you might have to um, hype me up every morning <laughs> leading to work, um, at bio. Good morning, everyone. Thank, thank you for allowing me to join you this morning. Uh, very honored to be here with you all um, and ready to get started.
3: I will and take you up note. on that note. Cha- <laughs> sorry, yes, morning, Nina. I will take you up on that note. I will be your morning motivator. I'm the hype man. You know, you can, you can call me anytime. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ursula. Thank you
1: no you're on you're on the money because quite frankly, if you can motivate someone that is a motivator, you're doing good, <laughs> and that's what we're all about so thank you both for that and And to get started um Nina, tell us about who you are in your own words and how did you get to do the things that you're doing. you know tell us what you're doing and how did you get there
4: okay so um yes nina Cook um originally from Atlanta, Georgia, so I was raised in Atlanta, Georgia. My family's still there. So very Southern girl. Um been been um you know, there all my life. Uh, I like Jada stated, I'm alumni of the the best HBCU, um Alabama and University Electrical Engineering. Um do have an MBA from the University of North Alabama. Um I did run track um during that time and also was part of several organizations during my collegiate years. Um been married for 10 years to my supportive husband, Cedric Cook. Uh, we have two beautiful kids, uh, Chloe and Cedric, a uh, very active family. We, we usually like to lift weights, go to the gym. We, now, right now, we are following my, my son with his, his activities, so we kind of transition the athletic abilities to him. But from a professional standpoint, um, I have been getting my career right out of college. So I started with Frito-Lay. Uh, Back in 2005, I started at the Fayetteville plant um, in Tennessee. Um, Like Jada said, I have a very diverse background. Majority of that has been in supply chain um, throughout my years and in operations. Um, I've done some transformation and um, enterprise projects. we relocated three times with the organization. Uh, Started, of course, started in Tennessee. Uh, We went to Memphis for a while, about seven years. Went back to Fed deal, and now we're in Denver. So I lead the Frito Lay plant here in Denver, Colorado. I have a total P&L responsibility that includes um, all core production, the manufacturing. We have a go-to go-to-market solution and have a core warehouse. So over 500 um, um, employees um, within within my plant. Um, how I got here? Yeah, tell so you my my journey journey hasn't been easy, uh, but it's been very rewarding. I've had a unique opportunities to to grow my career through, you know, just having those quality career conversations with my my direct managers. That's been very key and, and important. I've had some real strong reverse mentors throughout my career. Uh, they, certainly you know, some that have transitioned, uh, but they've been very consistent. Um, I have a consistent with delivering proven results. Um, I, I, I was given advice early in my career that, you know, you own your career. So, you know, starting off, I made sure I kept that in the back of my mind and just gaining exposure through critical experience was going to be a key component in driving my my long-term growth. So that's exactly what I did. Um, I explored different opportunities. Um, At first, I, you know, pretty much said yes to everything. Uh, Took on special projects that were um trans you know, it was was challenging um to be transparent um i was very vocal about my aspirations um with the organization I was open with travel roles and you know i couldn't I couldn't have done that without uh, my husband so he's been very supportive of that and of course been open to relocation um but we i always had to have a a balance um from a family life so um the my husband's been very supportive the organization's been very supportive. And I just been upfront and transparent with them on you know everything that I wanted to do within my career.
1: You know, as you were sharing that, you spoke to the things that that were questions in my mind when I realized that you'd moved a couple of times and, and as I was going through corporate America, that was always an issue, especially when you're talking about women and we we're um women in construction. So I was wondering if it was still an issue and you answered that. Um, you have to have a supportive oh, person with you that will allow that to
4: happen. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, it's it's a tough conversation coming home, you know, you know you know, saying, Hey, you know, do you wanna move again? What location? You just gotta be honest and know where that location is. you're open to going. Um you know, you can move up a little faster if you are open for relocation, but we just make sure that we are in the right location, first of all, that, mm-hmm. that fits both of us um, and allow my husband's career to continue to grow as well.
1: And when you say own your own career, uh, I heard you lay it out, and you did that, you did that wonderfully, but it deserves um, amplification. When mm-hmm. you say to yourself own your own career, what are you really saying?
4: Oh, oh on in my career, I I do not wait to to set up calls with my mentors and my direct manager. I set up those one on ones. I have some key key conversation of my aspirations, what I'm good at, what I want to do next, when I think I need to do it next, um, and if, if if I'm not ready, what what are those those opportunities I need? What what gaps I need to close in in my journey? So I'm very transparent. If, if I'm not, not ready, I need the organization to let me know what I, what are those things I need to work on and how can I have an immediate impact in, in um, changing the trajectory of what, what on my career um, goals. So I'm very, very strategic at, at my conversations. Timing is key. Um, I do look at timing from a kid's standpoint um, when it comes to my next role that I feel that I'm ready for. And I also put myself in positions where I take on, you know, critical experiences um, that will allow me to, to plan that, um, that for my next role. So I look out maybe 10 years and say, hey, this is where I feel like I need to be. Um, and then we, we peel that onion back and say, okay, these, these are the things that you need to go do to meet those qualifications to get you, get you to that point. So I'm up very upfront on, on those conversations. Um, I don't wait and allow – allow them to say, hey, call me and, and ask, could you do this role? Uh, we meet halfway and, and collaborative on that, that standpoint.
1: So on that note, how long have you been in an executive role and what are some of your key focuses?
2: All
4: right. So um, I haven't been in an executive role long. Um, it's been about two years. I transitioned to the executive level about two years ago. I was in uh, Tennessee, in Fayetteville, Tennessee, where I was fortunate to lead the manufacturing team as the manufacturing director, and during this time, we were we were going through a, a huge transformation um, um, project, you know, executing. Uh, during that time, it was one of the largest capital um, projects within Frito Lay. We were starting up new automation. We had um, we were delivering expansion. We put in two packaging departments and a new um, product line. So it it was a lot going on at that time. So I was. Um, in what you call accelerated program where I was training up under a senior executive, um, just pretty much honing my skills and areas of leadership, influence, and learning how to communicate up. So there's a different way you communicate to senior um, VPs within an organization, um, increasing my business acumen, you know, thinking more strategically, trying to transition from that tactical um, approach to more strategically about the business challenges and solutions working on policies you know doing those community trends analysis and just looking at different technology um that we can implement into our um you know, operations as far as my 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 key focuses you know first as a leader there's nothing more i would say nothing more powerful than impacting than the impact I have on others so um as I started to to grow in my 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 career I started really looking back at you know how the help that I I was given, and I, I do want to give back to those that that come behind me. But from a you know just you know keeping it from a professional standpoint, you will always have opportunities to work on, especially in operations. Um, however, I try to keep the business simplified um, and try to just keep my focus on three you know strategic pillars wherever I'm going. And the first will always be around my people. Um, my people will always be my first priority where whether that's my frontline or my management team. Um, just building that culture that, you know, focus on the tension and their capability and then always saying say, We are in operation. So safety is always on the forefront. Um, from and two, you know, I, I you know, protecting our brands, um, that we're producing. I want to make sure we have the we're we're producing and selling the best product um, for our consumers. You know, I am a consumer as well, and, it's, you know, you all as well. So I want to make sure you all are continue to um, get provided your, the best quality uh, that you love, enjoy, and just in, in the comfort of your home. And then always, you know, three, you know, delivering against my operating plans. Like I stated, you have to get results. So I do have a and l that I do have to meet and i I strive to meet that every day to hit plan and and you know those generate dollars that I can invest back into my my facility back into the business to continue to enable growth um
1: you You mm-hmm. clearly talked about the strategies and what have you, but when you mentioned tactical versus strategical um, give an example of of how one is chosen over another or how they work together. Because I, I think those particular terms are really key to success, and I, I truly think you have a total handle on them, and I want to hear more about it.
4: Okay. So, um, yeah, for much, when you talk strategy, strategy is more long-term. So those are the, the, the actions that you, you put in place maybe like a two to three year or depending on, you know, your depending on um, your organization. But any time you have a strategy, you start off with your, your vision or mission and where you want to go. And within that, you have a, the tactics. So tactics is going to help you get there and close those gaps. So those are more day-to-day, week-to-week um, to get you to that long-term uh, strategic um, strategy. So that that's the difference when I look in terms of uh, tactical and strategy. Tactical is more... Um, I would say uh, just basic frontline management, day-to-day, here's here's my short-term goals, here's what I need to close those gaps, here's what I need to continue to to work towards again. That will get you to that strategy of that long-term goal uh, of that two-to-three, or if you are looking longer than that, that five-to-ten year. All right.
1: And so what strategy... What projects have you um, been able to work on that include minority diversity?
4: Oh, um, several projects. Um, Most of my projects, you know, mainly develop around mentor programs. Um, You know, of course, we partner with all kinds of organizations in schools. We do career fairs on campus, um, engagement and events. I do like to um, have a passion on focusing on and know blacks in the workplace. So I do have a passion of that and just continue to support their career advancement and coaching them. Um, I've also, you know, been been involved with all kinds of relief efforts. Um, and I know Jada stated that about me winning a national war, but that was one of my very first events that we we um, we sponsor and that I probably like about two years within the organization. I was part of an actual Asian network, you know focusing on our, our Asia community. And so China had an um, earthquake, and we were able to raise funds. So that was one huge project that that, that we was able to raise uh, funds for to get involved in. But I always like to get involved and be willing to give that to the community and the community space of minorities. And gather and discuss issues. And so just with the minority experience. My local teams, you know, that live and work in Denver, they they are particularly aware in the communities of color. And you know, we we talk about you know just how we've been impacted by COVID. Um, how it's been disproportionately impacted. This is this is one of the reason why we're committed we're committing sources, you know, resources, financial assistance to help um, vulnerable in, individuals, you know, just weather through that that, that crisis that storm. We've always been um, dedicated partners to, you know, people in the Denver area. I'm talking specifically Denver, because that's that's kind of where I am right now. So what we like to, you know, I support um, about 1,400 jobs within PepsiCo. We, uh, not just Frito-Lay, we do have a, a Pepsi beverage location within the city, too, that we like to collaborate with. But this um, it includes, you know, a combination of just working with each other. We, we support centers that, you know, focus on promoting family prosperities, you know, uh, business, career path programs, um, financial coaching, and anything in the health industry that help um, those minority communities and, um, uh, that, that, that's been impacted over the years. Mm-hmm. But our community support and funding that we use to typically support um, provides economic assistance for all those individuals.
1: All right, thank you. This has been wonderful so far. What we're going to do at this point is go to a commercial, and I know that Jada has some questions for you, so when
0: we come back after the commercial, she will have a few more things she needs to ask you. or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Don't forget to follow us by liking our page and post your questions or comments. NABWIC's intent is
1: Welcome back, and I am your host Ursula Odom, and you're listening to Navwick Talks. And today we're talking about Black Business Matters with Nina Cook of PepsiCo, and my co-host Jada Williams has um, been wait; she's been waiting quite a bit now to ask some questions. So, jump in there, Jada. Good morning again.
3: <laughs> yes, Miss Ursula, you know I'm over here jumping off of my seat. I have. Um, almost a page and a half of some good notes um, that I've been able to take from Nina and things that are making me um, make sure that I'm conscious of for this weekend, because this weekend in NABWIN organization, we are having our strategic planning meeting this Saturday, um, June 27th, from 9 to 3. And so I really, really hope that all of our members, Um, and our guests um, are listening in this morning um, so they could have maybe uh, a head start on the questions or the ideas or the information that they want to bring to the table and or take away a part of the strategic planning uh, meeting session this Saturday with NAPWIC. Um, So, Um, This speaks um, a lot of volume there because one of the main things you said that I took away that I want to make sure the audience caught is your three pillars. It sounded like no matter what you're doing, no matter what endeavor you're on, whether it's in your career or an organization that you are a board member or even in your family life, you included three pillars. Um, And that is keeping in mind, one, your people, two, protecting your brand, and three, deliver and plan. And that is uh, pretty much a a power statement there. And that Mm -hmm. shows how you have really taking your career by the horns, like you said, and and driven ownership of that career. Whether you're in corporate America or you're an entrepreneur, it's all about owning it and planning. So I definitely applaud you there and want to make sure that the audience um, caught that. But, Nina, you also mentioned, you know, as you have grown, because I I went to Alabama and them bulldogs, you know, the creed, the (laughs) alumni. We're we're proud. Um, I remember when you first started out, and you were um, a a good friend to me and also a mentor, like a big sister. You know, I I saw you get your first offer letter and couldn't believe it. We, like, framed it, had a party, (laughs) had a party. Nina was one of the first to graduate, and, and, uh, you know, that I was so close to that would be open to share what that experience looked like. Because in a year or two, it would be my turn. So I really appreciated that then. And it sounds like you have continued to do that throughout your life because, you know, when you first started out in Frito-Lay, I remember you may have been, you know, a little more playful or involved hands-on with your your team. And you had to do your leadership role a little differently. So how has that Mm -hmm. transformed over the years to your leadership style now? And then what would you tell or, or advise those um electrical engineers that are in, in, in college now or those young adults or just individuals that are seeking leadership roles in organizations um such as the one you're involved with?
4: Okay. Um I, yeah, when
3: I I know you we joke about, you
4: know, when we when I first started, you know, I've grown over the years. <laughs> My leadership style has evolved over the years. Um, when I first started, you know, you go in, have your first team. I started on third shift working um, in in the packaging department, and most of my team were a lot older. So, you know, I, I tried to make sure that I gained a trust. But by me doing that, I, I had to take more of a, a direct from my leadership style. But over the years, you know, I've had to kind of transition into more collaborative But once I understand my my influencing landscape, and even if I have a significant position of authority, uh, I I focus more, like I said, building those relationships and, you know, make sure I clearly, uh, you know, be clear with my my priorities and and my directives. Uh, Depending on the individual uh, or the team and their level of accountability, a more direct uh, delegating approach is more appropriate sometimes to, you know, some challenging individuals. But as far as advice um, I would give college students, I wouldn't just say electrical engineering. This goes for anyone that's that's looking to build their career in any kind of leadership, leadership role. Um, one, get comfortable with people better than you um, coming in so you can really learn from them find you a great mentor and and build your own personal board of directors. I have several that I call my board of directors. Those could be my close friends or professionals within the organization or outside of organizations within, you know, networking um network platforms that I've joined over the years. But um don't don't be don't be afraid to to lean in and take those calculated risks because um you got to keep learning. There will be roles or positions you feel like you are not ready for, um, but if you have at least, i say, 60% of the qualifications, I'd say go for it and figure out the rest later. Uh, they will come, um, and I've always, you know, live by only your career. And lastly, um, be you. That's something I learned the hard way, you know, starting off. I tried to speak different, emulate other styles that I, that I saw that I felt like were, were good leaders, um, but... Early on, I felt like that that kind of hindered my progression. Um, I was never my best during those times. So those those are the things that that I try to live by: just being me, being authentic, bringing I do truly live by bringing my whole self to work. Um, my team would say I bring my whole self to work. They they gonna hear about my family. They are gonna know the emotional side of me. Um, but that's that's how I'm more effective, and they they can they can trust me. They know that they're gonna they're gonna get. Um, all of me, and be able to work through and get results with my leadership style. But Jada, I say um, I do have high expectations. <laughs> but
5: mm-hmm. again, I do,
4: I do like to have um, fun in the workplace. You know, I'm sure I'm leading with optimism. Very, you know, being very approachable, even when when our performance trajectory is, I would say, is declining. I try my best to continue to build positive and a supportive work environment. And I continue to motivate the team to stay focused. You know, R and R goes a long way. So try to show appreciation to everyone's contributions and you know, I just try to be like I said, be authentic and transparent so I can continue to gain their trust and empower them to, to deliver their results
3: and grow. Yes, and that is so awesome and amazing. I do know I do know we um have Master Builder, Ann McNeil herself in the studio so I don't know if she has a chance um, to jump in or make want to make a comment um, in the studio this morning so we'll connect with her and see while you answer um, one more question from me as in what was one of the new Juneteenth um, celebration celebration um, activities or something that you started um, just bring awareness of what's a new initiative that you incorporated? Oh, well, as far as Juneteenth, um, this was something different for for the organization.
4: We are um, doing this time, especially with the um, civil unrest and, you know, the just the the step for a quality journey. We we were able to celebrate youth teens, um which was which was good and it felt good. I was part of a team. I wouldn't say I was the one that you know we it was a it was a group effort. We we put together a celebration. It was led by you know our sales part, my sales partners, and it was it was a good oh and we got overwhelming positive results. It was more um uh, more education, you know we sung some songs. Uh, we had of course we had to do it virtual because we you know, it was part of our region. Um, we had folks coming from um I'm, I'm in the Northwest region, so had folks in portland oregon you no know, utah so i 'm over here on this west side so um we had we it, we had just good celebration i know um several within the organization had their own, own celebration, but it was a good good dialogue good learning good you know uh teachings of our prior heritage and you know just things that we're we're planning to move forward with so it's been good Good to participate and good to leave, and just you know, have some gratitude for just having the presence of being able to do Juneteenth um, celebration.
1: Okay, we have good morning, Anne. Available, yes. Good
2: morning, good morning,
4: good morning. Good morning.
1: Go good morning, good morning,
2: good morning, good morning. I am so excited, Nina. Thank you so much, Jada, Ursula, and of course, our leader, Miss Jackie Perry. I, I'm really excited listening uh, to you, Nina. The person explained explain. Um, my name, again, is Anne McNeil. I am the master mm-hmm. builder, helping to build stronger and better lives and businesses. And as the founder of NABWIC, I'm excited to hear your comments and your journey. But also, I have a challenge for you. Yes. You sh- yes. When you shared about Building a board of directors. Mm-hmm. A number of us uh, are part of a mastermind organization, which very simply is a board of directors for our life in terms of being accountable. Right. I really, oh my gosh, when you said that, I, I, I was pressing one on my phone, Jada and um, <laughs> uh, everybody, and I, and, I knew and, you and, were, and my little hand couldn't come up, so we'll have to check with that find out what's happening with that but but this is what my challenge is and we can talk about this offline Nina and uh-huh. the voice of black women in construction as the voice of black women in construction and I have to say that one more time since you are an electrical engineer from Alabama uh, um, so, so you know yes I see it here I see it here and I, I think you, you already know the journey of being black and woman and in this industry of engineering. And so um, we have come together in the formation of this organization, but what we are lacking and we are in dire need of is a board of directors that is external to us, and this is not a play on any of the other organizations that exist. This is something different that we're creating for us to create a pipeline into the industry and helping girls that look like us come up through elementary, you know, K through 12 into higher ed if they choose to go that journey or come directly into the industry if they choose to go that journey, but eventually come up through corporate like what you're doing and possibly even become entrepreneurs. And so, uh-huh. what I would like to do on behalf of our organization, first of all, to say thank you so very much for being willing to share, but also to have a conversation offline uh, and, and uh, Jade has already talked about our strategic planning session we're going to host this weekend, where we're strategically planning what will this organization look like a hundred years from now, fifty years from now, twenty, ten,
3: five, uh-huh. 2010,
2: five and a year. So what I'd like to do is uh, is ask you about considering having a strategic conversation with us, and possibly your organization becoming a strategic partner with us and having that board of directors conversation, similar to, if you will, a mastermind for uh, for us, because, again, I think you're an ideal example of what's possible as an engineer and who's black and who's a female. So, so those were my comments. And my last uh, question really okay. is, what is your favorite book? If you could share, please, and then I'll go back on you. Thank you so very much for sharing.
4: Oh, favorite book. I don't. I don't know if I. I, I have a favorite book, but if, if, if it's one that that um, I use from just a professional standpoint, that I usually bring back out of my back pocket, I would say it'd be Lean In um, through. And that's that's by Cheryl Sandberg. That's one that I've I've read several times. Um, so I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but I have a a library full of books that um that I, I read and but that's one I do typically pull back out when I find myself you know confidence you know lacking or or you know when I'm starting a new role and I gotta get myself like Jada said and hype myself back up. That's one of the books that I I typically go back to to help help as just just a a woman leading an organization so that i say that that's probably one of the books that I, I i would say would probably be one of my favorites from a um from a organ just just how I navigate within an organization um yeah so i mean i- am reading i'm currently reading the founder's mentality that's one that we we were provided from our doing our national um conference I went you said the, founder, uh,
2: the founders' mentality that you
4: say? Founders' mentality, yeah, that's um, by Chris Zook and Jay, James Allen. So I finally picked it up to start back reading because I was actually reading other books and I wanted to finish those first. But we were provided that book, and, and I'm reading that now. Uh, just being in this this role that kind of helped me have that that um, mentality of mindset role because that's that's right, what I'm. Um, mm-hmm. Have that mindset, but yeah,
2: thank you so much, and back to you, Jada and Ursula. Thanks,
3: thank you, Miss Ann, and thank you, Nina, for sharing that. Mm -hmm. So, again, another great suggestion of a leadership book, um, The Founder's Mentality, along with Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Um, We do have Jackie Perry in the studio. One more last question. Or comment, we'll um, let Jackie Perry open up her mic and give in the conversation. She, of course, is no letting her. She is our national chair for marketing and communications, and this is my, my mentor and the person that I work closely with in the organization. So, Jackie Perry,
5: yes good morning and thank you jada and you mentioned mentoring and that's exactly uh, the area of my question nina i want to thank you so much for uh being an example uh and for your efforts in bringing diversity to your own organization and and other places as well but you mentioned earlier in your interview that you were fairly aggressive in going after uh mentoring uh when you needed Mm -hmm. it and so my question is what areas of mentoring were most valuable to you as you sought those uh opportunities out? Were there any that you thought were more valuable than others?
4: Um I would say just how I, you know, approach a situation or, you know, most of the time I reach out to them if I'm in a, um before I want to have a career conversation with my direct manager just to get their advice on how I approach it. Um, and just professional development programs that I might need to kind of explore. So I usually um, use use them from that, just, you know, more development. But the ones that are, like, outside um, my mentors is to kind of just keep me, you know, stay grounded, you know, make sure that I, you know, uh, continue to talk about, you know, I I do deserve where I am right now because, like I said, sometimes I, I get that, what they call that 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 syndrome imposter syndrome, so I do battle with that sometimes, and I'm just being transparent, so I do have to, to to contact my mentors and make sure they they continue to to ground me and give their perspective their unique perspective on just my career and how I belong and you know being where I am is where I'm supposed to be
5: well, thank you, and you definitely are where you're supposed to be. We appreciate that. <laughs>
3: All right. thank you. Yes. yes, and thank you Nina. Thank you Jackie for that great comment and always um bringing it um back to perspective for us. So for time's sake in the studio, I know we are enjoying this um show this morning and everyone wants to have some sidebar conversation um with Miss Nina Cook, so I'm So excited about that, Uh, but I also know Nina is pressed for her very important (laughs) different executive meetings that she has going on this morning out there in that Colorado Mountain Time. So, Ursula, I'm going to ask that uh, we play our advertising commercial, and then we could come back and you make your final comments and close us out this Wednesday, Nabwick Talk.
5: Today's show is brought to you in part by Ann McNeil, the master builder, helping to build stronger and better lives and businesses, and by PepsiCo Frito lay Companies, one of the largest food and beverage companies in the world, and by Jay Perry and Associates, giving you the building blocks to grow your business. To learn more about our advertising rates and packages, contact Jada Williams at area code 786 786- Seven oh two one zero zero five or email at at navwick.org. And don't forget to follow us on Blog Talk Radio by visiting blogtalkradio.com backslash NABWIC. Welcome back. This
1: is Ursula Odom, your host for NABWIC Talks, and today we're talking about Black Business Matters with Nina Cook of PepsiCo. And before we close it out today, Nina, do you have any closing remarks? And I would like to officially say thank you so much for a wonderful show.
4: Yes, no, um, thank you. Thank you all for allowing me to join you this morning. Um, Honestly, when I I I thought about joining, I was like, I don't even know what, what I'm really going to talk about, but it's been great. It's been great to be just in the presence of you all, you know, other powerful women in the industry and just to uh, have this dialogue with you. It's been been awesome and phenomenal. I appreciate the, the opportunity to give me the platform to speak, and um, just thank you. And let me know anything, any any other things that you need for me to help with and support, and I'd be, you know, graciously glad to do that. And thank you again. Okay, so
1: with that, I say to our listening audience, this has been Neva block, and it is a benefit for you and for you to be a part of our experience as well because you can join in the conversation. And on that note, come back next week, and
0: let's do it again. Take care.